What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. And welcome back to TWBLC episode four. This one's going to be titled The Golf Guys. We'll get into a couple intramural stories later on here. A couple of my good friends who come from Bass Rocks Golf Club, The Rock. And then, as usual, we got Drew Luster. Gloucester Mass resident, as well as Devin How we Murray. doing up in here? How we doing? Very excited. Big episode today. Big episode. And just before we dive into all the intramural topics, let's. Uh, what have you guys been up to lately? I have been watching a little bit of Netflix. Not a little bit, a lot, I'll actually say. Um, when I'm not grinding cod until my eyes bleed, I'm watching Ozark. Uh, I think I'm on episode five right now season three um i people people seem to you know you got the people who are like okay we'll put it in the same category as breaking bad then there's people like no no that's such a disgrace i would put it i would put it up against breaking bad i won't say that it's better right now but i would i would put it up in a pretty even fight against breaking bad and then of course i've seen one episode of tiger king I think one episode was enough for me when he starts talking about the sexual lubricant for men and women in his gift shop, <laughs> as well as the underwear, as well as the underwear. And then the, the, uh, the moderator interviewer or whatever says, what's your favorite? And he goes, Oh, I don't wear any. I go commando. It starts chuckling. I just, yeah, that was enough for me. And then obviously you seeing that, uh, was it that white Panther or whatever the hell that thing was, which looked like it belonged in, in an Arctic temperature just stuffed into the back of a hot Floridian van. Not my cup of tea. How about you guys? So I've been, I'm not usually a big binge watcher. I'm usually the guy in Drew knows. I'm the guy that watches The Office over and over and over again and doesn't watch any other show. I'm that, and I can pretty much (laughs) tell you every line of The Office. And um, so I'm basically the guy that doesn't, branch out doesn't try anything else but since i've had more time now i've started to of like drew said other than when i'm grinding on cod i've been playing a lot of madden too but other than that um i do want to get into ozark haven't watched any of it yet so great job not giving anything away drew uh, I'm, <laughs> i definitely want to get into that i tried tiger king and drew i actually gave it more time than you did i want what is there seven or eight episodes i think i don't Total, even know something like know. that I watched like five of them or five or six full episodes because I was like, okay, this is like the number one show on Netflix. And I knew that I had heard that there was like a a murder going on and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's probably going to get pretty interesting. So I gave it until then. I'm like, come on, it's going to, it's going to pull me in at some point. And then they even started talking about a little bit of the murder situation and everything. And I, I just never, I don't understand. I get that. It's like the, you know, he's kind of an idiot and it's like that kind of pulls people in a lot of the time. And I just, I, I could not, I cannot still understand what people liked about that. If I watch five, six episodes and I still have no interest whatsoever, I was like, I can't do this. I I can't keep watching it. I'm on the opposite end real quick, real quick. I'm on the opposite end. Cause I think like for you to watch five, for you to watch, what is it? Probably five and a half, six hours of that. And, like, that's still, like, you're, like, on the fence. Like, 
I just think that's crazy. Like, I don't think I could let myself watch that much Tiger King nah, without feeling okay. like half my brain just spilled through the back of my head. Like, <laughs> it, I did just... feel, it did feel like that. I also was not like glued to the TV the whole time. I mean, I was yeah. like, I, I was up and like on my phone most of the time. And like, but I was, I was like trying to like wait for something to pull me in and get me to want to watch. And it just, it just never came. I was watching with my dad and my sister too. And they were a little bit more interested than me, but not, not very yeah. much. That's the um, ideal but, Netflix show, too. It's something you don't have to really pay attention to all that much. I've been grinding AP Bio on Hulu. That one's hilarious. You got Dennis from Always Sunny as the lead in that. And then a lot of conspiracy videos floating around, you know, social media. I've seen a couple, and they just infuriate me because they'll just tie together, you know, apples and chopping wood and act like it's facts. <laughs> And it's not even close. I just get frustrated by it. Other than that, over the weekend, watch the 2004 final round of the Masters, Phil Mickelson mm. victory. I didn't even dare to watch any of the other days because it was Tiger. I would have watched the Jack Nicholas one. It was a little too early on in the week. I had some stuff going on. But uh, yeah, what was it? Friday and Sunday, I stayed away from the little Tiger rounds. Could even not, the historic 2019 like comeback? It wasn't a comeback. We've discussed this many times. Uh, you can say he hasn't won a major in 11 years. Yeah, that, so, but that yeah, doesn't mean what, it was a I mean. comeback. Like a comeback, you can argue the injury side of it, but he also put that on himself when he got hit in the face with the four iron, seven iron, whatever still, it was. You haven't won a major in a decade. I still think it should be considered a comeback story. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not. The biggest comeback story I've seen in recent time is probably Kim Kardashian. I'll just say that. Ah, I know, I know where that one goes. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, I'm on T Swizzle's side on that one. Did <laughs> not No, no. Wait, oh, I don't think. I know. know yeah, there you about. go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I've. That, I knew that, where that, that one. Come back. I, I knew where you. that one came from. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's get right into our interviews of the week. Coming up, we got three of the golfers I play a few summer rounds with here and there. Uh, been out to California to watch one of the guys in the U.S. Amateur. You'll hear a little bit more on those type of stories in just a few. All right, intramural stories of the week. This time we're going to do a little club champ edition. We got from Hamilton College, Mikey Gillis, the Gill. From Dartmouth University, Mark Turner, the Ivy League guy, and then coming in from Nichols College out in Western Mass, Colby Mitchell. Glad to have you guys on here, boys. What's going on? Not much. It's good to be here. <laughs> a little rollerblading accident last night. You, uh, yeah, if the viewers... Not a great start to a quarantine, yeah. The listeners on Spotify, if I were to describe Gil's face right now, it'd be like an old cut-up catcher's mitt that's that's what it looks like took a little digger on the rollerblades last night uh hasn't recovered yet so let's let's dig into that story gil what were we doing out nighttime rollerblading what do we got well uh if you ask my parents i was i got tripped <laughs> playing a little game, but we were driving back so we had a couple claws you know we're feeling good like we got a little buzz going got a little blade sash going so I don't know whose idea it was, but someone thought it would be a great idea to hold on to the car. Mark, he was driving. So we were, like, trying to get a lift back somewhere. And then, I don't know, Mitchell. Mitchell was in front of me. I don't know how he didn't go down. Hit the sewer. Face plant. 
Little ass over tea kettle. Colby, how'd you stay up? Let's let's hear it. Is it just good athleticism, stability over? I mean, it was just an athletic move. That's all it was. I felt like I was driving pretty slow, but you're going like. I don't know if I'm concussed or just still hungover. <laughs> just a weak core on you, Mikey. That's about it. Uh, let's get into a little club champ discussion. We got what three total trophies in this in this crew right here. Mark's in the in the lead in the clubhouse with two. My, me myself, I got one. Couple of uh, yeah, I've got a couple runner ups. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of future winners maybe here out of Colby and Mikey. Uh, what are you guys What are you guys looking forward to this summer? Uh, club champ. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting the putting <laughs> stroke from a figure eight to a straight line back and through. Mark, you got any words for the competition? You're probably the odds-on favorite. We'll see if James makes a little comeback or not. James might be the worst golfer at the course down there with Sarge and Sween right now. Oh, no. boy. It's actually hard to watch James right now. Well, he figures it out Thing when is, it comes tourney time. I will say that for him. I don't know if he's going to figure it out this time, Kurt. <laughs> no, he's actually the like it. Oh, goodness. I'm now, so comes up and scoops Goose's spot for runner-up this year. Yeah, that's the that's the just story of the year from last year's club champ. Yeah, Mark, you won whatever, but Goose is, what do you have, a closing 68? I've been 67 on a Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, kind of lit up the meadows to make everybody be like, wow, if Mark makes a couple of bogues, strings a couple together here, he's going to be in some serious trouble. I mean, I would have paid so, a lot of money for a Goose Marky T playoff. I'm sitting there in the 16th fairway. This fucking kid, he's sitting on the green. He backs off this putt four times. I'm not kidding. He goes up to this thing, goes back down on his knees four times, goes back. He's got this Jack, the Jack Nicholas 86 Masters putter. He hits this putt, probably 10 feet, right up the hill for birdie. Hits his putt, raises the putter right away, right when he fucking hits this thing, right in the hole. Crowd goes wild. I'm sitting there in the fucking right rough up there. I'm like... Who is this clown? He needs to get out of here. And then Anyways, follows goes, that up with 17. Yeah, he follows it up with a birdie on 17. 235-yard par three. Goose knocks it on there with a little forearm. Rolls it in. Applying yeah. the pressure from the back. Yeah, and I mean, I that, that, that was a little 20-footer on 17 for all the fans that were out there watching. I know Colby was in the final group playing still. He strung together a what? Uh, even par? Uh, I don't know. I think I shot like 70 or 71 that day. Oh, I, I shot six times the day before. Yeah, you were right there, and then me and Gil were a little little further back. I was way back. I don't know. Hey, Where were you, Gil? Gil, were you playing with Goose that day? Sunday? Yes, he was. He was. was. He was. Yeah. Unconscious. Gil Unconscious. Was, Gil was fed up in the fairway on 18 at one point. Uh, oh, Goose backed off the iron it. shot. He knew he needed a birdie because he just saw Mark birdie the 16th. Uh, and then he backed off maybe four to five times, and Mike was just in the background shaking his head. No, I think I, I think I said, all right, I've had enough. I'm just going to go right now. And I just hit away and just started walking. I didn't even wait for him or something. Yeah. Slept on, though, but that club champ was the fact that Mark shouldn't have even been playing. He wanted to withdraw. I remember it was only me and him for some reason. We were in a twosome the first week. That was because I had to fly back to Texas, so Pete hooked me up at early tea time. Yeah, so so I'm sitting, I get to, what was it, 14 that I had the spat? He's the Meadows, and he just starts crying. He made fun of me because I had complained about my back problems before, 
Instead, I was going under the knife, kind of joking. My back hurt. All of a sudden, he's whining. He's not playing good. Just made a couple of bogues. Oh, grabs the back. Oh, he starts to hurt. I want to withdraw. I think he knew I was coming for him. But a little, a tough, little salt uh, in the wound if he had a couple over par. Uh, you just taunting him the whole way down the meadows. Yeah. It was. I remember you carried my bag. Yeah, I had to. I was so annoyed with him, and he was whining like a girl. And I'm like, if, I want, if I'm going to win the club champ, I want the best of the best to be there, and I want to beat the best of the best. I don't want have to win with Mark crying off about his back. So that's an that's an all time low move by Mark is allowing you to carry his bag in the meadows. I don't care if my back is snapped in two pieces. I will drag that fucker down the fairway before letting you carry my bag for me. A competitor, not a caddy, a competitor. Yeah, that is soft. Why did you have a caddy in the first place? Nothing better than a caddy. I don't know. First weekend, no one really had caddies. That I don't know why. Neither of us did. I always got. Well, that was the night. Bag. That was the night after we went to. Uh, what was it? Tacky Tropical. We said we weren't gonna have any claws. No, no beers. Nothing. Twelve fifteen later, here we are waking up, driving right to the first tee. I mean, that's just not going to happen, especially if you have a, a bad round that it, the after drinks on the bar at the bar on the deck is it's bound to happen. You're not going to shoot a 75 and then just walk up there and not have a drink. Yeah, I know. I'm going to ease the pain. How yeah. Goose drinks like eight beers around just to cause the nerves. That's what he said. He goes, beers around, dude. Goose is taking 12 shots and going to try a whiskey, like all whiskey shots. Never mind. A lot of mixies, that's for sure. Uh, let's get into the golf season, boys. How'd you guys do this year in college? Give me a little quick synopsis. Uh, I hit the ball unbelievably. My flat stick was like literally doing figure eights. So typical. I think. I averaged 40 putts around. No, it was worse than ever. <laughs> and I missed every tournament. I lost in two playoffs by the first one. This kid hit a bomb on uh, the last hole. And it was like the first tournament of the year. And we were in a playoff to get in. And that was pretty much the definition of my uh, my fall season. All right. Colby? Uh, I mean, we were all right. Uh, we, had, we, started, we won our first tournament. It was like a long tight course and i was like coming in like like even one under with like three holes to play holy toledo did i fall apart <laughs> i was just rifling off bogeys and then like second day i'm like two back or something from like the actual lead which is ridiculous and same scenario i'm coming like even far and i just rifle off like Snap hook one out, one out left, and I'm like, holy shit, not again. And I end up losing by like five. I went bogey, double bogey. What's with you in the finish? I mean, we've had the same problem we've seen in the club champs of past. Yeah, I, seriously, that was the, that might have been the worst. What was the but, number on that one? Four holes. We were how many over? Four holes. I was so I was four. I went, I went quad, par, triple, double. So what's that? Nine, nine, nine over. over, and you were what? Like one over, even going into it. I think I was even one over, something yeah, like that. That's... I was one over because I shot seventy-nine. That's just absolutely absurd. All right, Mark, let's hear the Ivy League. What do we got? Uh, was we it... only played. 
No, it was it was nothing special. We um we only played three events because we had seven events this spring that obviously now never happened. Yeah. But it was a bunch of mediocre golf out of all of us. I was I felt like I was like the gill hitting the ball well for the most part, not making any putts. Jimmy T off on the on another planet, never played. We had a bunch of these freshmen came in, they stink. Okay. So it was kind of just there's the two other juniors that are good. One of them just got suspended for plagiarism. Oh, we got man. a senior. He's a good little good player. He's a he's a uh, Christian boy though. Fell in love with the Bible. He's no good now. So oh. we kind of a bunch of mediocre golf. It wasn't. It was nothing special. I think yeah. our best finish was like a fourth, a fourth or a fifth. I might I might send this to your golf team. See how they like it. <laughs> I've already told them to your face. What uh, what year was it when Kathy hoodwinked me into texting her when I was texting your phone and I leaked the news of suspension? Oh, oh damn, <laughs> freshman year. Okay. Yeah. That was one I of the I, – I, I was so confused. I'm like Snapchatting you, talking to you about it, and then I text you for a second like the next day to see if you got suspended or not. And it turns out it was actually Kathy on the phone <laughs> – and... It was mom and dad. Somehow my phone broke, and they hooked up my Apple ID. But I got in trouble for I was boozing for no reason. With my buddy in his room on a Thursday night. Next, <laughs> you know, the cops are outside our room. Get taken away because we have this dry policy, no hard alcohol, bunch of hard alcohol in there. Supposed to get suspended. Talked my way out of it. But then going in, didn't tell my mom and dad. I thought it was just gonna be like clean sailing. Kurt's texting my mom and dad about it. Like, dude, are you suspended? What's going on? Next thing I know, my mom's calling me. She's like, Mark, what's Curtis talking about? Are you suspended? Are you expelled from school? He left left out the part where it's his phone I'm texting. I'm not texting, like, his mom or dad. Weren't you taken to, like, not the EMT, but the nurse or something? Yeah. And then told her that you – what did you say? I told the nurse I wanted to – take her out on multiple dates but she didn't like that so they gave me a new nurse and she wasn't so nice <laughs> was the, wait was this nurse related uh visit due to the alcohol oh yeah oh see you you acted gil i like how you called him out there because he acted like the cops you know just showed up to the dorm room for no reason he's probably oh, yeah. sleeping on the floor just unconscious and that's how no, they picked him up unnecessary well that brings you into why doesn't Gil tell the story about how he got me in trouble the next time he like came you, up? I feel like you should tell it. No chance. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell it because I, I remember I got lost that night. Yeah. <laughs> Set the scene here. It's up in Dartmouth. All the boys are up there visiting Marky T. All right, so uh, we're, at, uh, we're at the frat, which them two were in at the time, are still in. And I don't know what happened. Oh, no, we were in a different frat, and, like, the cops came because some kid just, like, died inside. So we all leave, and I end up, like, lost. No idea where I am. Yeah. And so I'm, like, talking to these random people going in random frats, like, hey, you know where Sayu is? And they're like, oh, yeah, I go this way. And I'm like, fuck it. I have no idea. And I, like, find my way back to Mark's dorm, and I just, like, get in his bed at, like, 4.30. Gil and Mark come stumbling in like 20 minutes later. Just no idea. Gil fucking jumps on the futon. They're both. I have that picture of you and Gil yeah. on the futon. 
And you guys yeah. are like, you guys are like cuddling up. Bill's fully clothed at this point. Yeah, and we went and like I wake up at eight thirty, and I look look over to Mark, and I'm like, "Yo, where, where's Gillis?" And and Mark's like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Dude, Gillis isn't here." So they're like, ah, "Whatever, fuck it, let's go back to bed." Like an hour later, Gillis comes walking in the room with just skinny jeans on, girl skinny jeans. So we're like what the fuck are you doing? And he's like freaking out at us. Like you guys put me in skinny jeans and like threw me in the common room on the couch. We're like, no, we did not. Like, what you- <laughs> and so he's like, where are all my clothes? Like, and his clothes are in the, in Mark's room on the floor, which means he left naked out of this room. And so like, whatever, like, we don't know what happened. And four o'clock in the afternoon, like we're playing poker and Mark's in class and he calls us and he's like, yo, the cops are looking for Mikey right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, dude, he went into some girl's room, pushed her out of her own bed, stole her skinny jeans and then ran out of the room. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, dude, like hide him or something like he's. He's being charged with burglary and assault. We're like, holy shit, Gillis. So we fucking, like, turns out Gillis slept walk into this girl's room, ass naked, like, trying to push her out of her own bed, and then jumps in the bed under the covers, just butt naked with this girl, and they, like, take him out. And I mean, grabs- He's looking at a lot of trouble here. I hope the statute of limitations is up on this bad boy and they don't tune into the old pod here. Oh, there. Dude, he ended up talking to the cops that night, though, because he was, like, so frightened. Yeah, I apologize. I was a good guy. No one's getting in trouble. Next thing I know, a week later, I have a reprimand slapped on me. I'm supposed to be suspended again. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. So continue, Colby. We're, we're at the point where he's tossing the skinny jeans on, I guess, and heading out to the common room. I we don't even know what happened after that. Like he just woke up like in a different building in a common room. But the saving grace was they were looking in the morning, and the only reason they didn't, I wasn't found, is because I was in the the other building. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is absolutely absurd. To see, this is what happens when you get all three of you must <laughs> at the same college on a on a Friday night, Saturday night. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's dig into a little USAM here, Mark. Biggest event that any of us have been a part of. Yeah, I don't, chance I, to be. We can skip over the first round maybe. Poor Kurt flies out to Pebble Beach to watch me shoot a fucking I don't even know when I shot the first round. I Beach. missed the first round though cuz oh, my you, my I, flight got delayed. Yeah. And we go out there. So, the second round we play over at Spyglass. Um Playing pretty decent. Actually, we get off. I start on the tenth hole. Um, I'd want to start on the front if I played that. Practice bogey on ten, but Kurt comes to me on the second. It's eleven. It's a par five. I had this. I had this good drive out there, and he's like, he says one thing to me. He's like, dude, don't come up short. I'm like, all right. He's like, I've seen a bunch of people. Blah blah blah. They came up short. They're fucked. If you come up short, you can't make birdie. Like I haven't made a I haven't made a birdie all tournament. All I want to do is make a birdie. 
I am the fairway. I literally have a seven iron in my head. It's like one, I think it was like 180 something, 186 to the flag. Yep. Carry on the front bunker was only like 172. Greens were pretty firm. Kurt's like, dude, one thing, just don't go in the front bunker. I'm like, all right, Kurt, I get it. I get it. Dude. I watched not- that hole for like three oh, groups in front of you. I'm going to go in the front bunker. Next thing you know, I probably caught a little chunk of skunk on the seven iron. Plugged in the face of the front bunker. Don't get it. I make a fucking bogey. <laughs> the worst. And then I'm trying to think. Now that was uh, the dog leg, like left after you get in the fairway and you got water short, and then the bunker's yeah. just just above the water. Right. That exactly. hole's nasty. That's a nasty little hole. Oh, brutal. Anyways, I scraped together a bunch of pars somehow. We get up there. Probably one of the easier holes on the course. I think it's hole number three. It was my 12th hole. I'm only, I think I scraped out like a one over at this point. Feeling pretty good coming off my 14 over the day before. I get up there. It's a little downhill par three. All you got to do, knock it on the middle green and make a par. I had a chunk hook eight iron about 40 yards left of the green into this waste area. Uh, it's like, it's like sandy weeds pretty much. And I'm in there. I'm like, James, we just got to get it out of here. <laughs> Three hacks later, I'm sitting in the front right rough. I'm looking at a quad. I, uh, chunk this chip and then I roll in like a 30 footer for triple. <laughs> it, and was then, a, it was a damn yeah. good triple. <laughs> there. I walked away with my 77. Went and watched Victor Harlan. Craziest part of that week, before the Pebble Beach day, I get there. I have an early tea time. I get to the range, and it's somehow we befriended the uh, Oklahoma State coach who's, who was there caddying for Victor Hovland. I walk up on the range. I go, I need to go all the way down to the end of this range so no one watches me hit these balls. I'm hitting this thing. I've ever hit the nugget in my life. Next thing you know, I'm down there by myself on the end. Me and James. James has a broken arm. Next thing, the Oklahoma State coach starts walking over to James because I played in the U.S. Junior earlier in the year, and he was saw James with a broken arm. He's like, you guys are here again. Oh, well, they start chatting. Victor Hovland comes up and starts hitting balls right next to me on the range. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I watch this kid on TV all the time. Like, I yeah. look over. It hasn't been, this kid could land a ball in a bucket like 400 yards away. I'm lucky to hit a Walmart 100 yards in front of me, one out of five. <laughs> I start listening to him and his coach talk just because I'm interested. Like, this kid has a potential to win this thing. Eventually, he does. These guys are just shooting the shit about girls they saw on the walk over. They're like, what are you doing? Oh, I want to get a beer after this round. I'm like, dude. I'm over here. I'm just trying to make some contact with the golf ball. These guys are thinking girls. are awesome. Yeah, I mean... Played some of the greatest golf I've ever seen in my life. And I think what people don't realize is watching Pebble on TV, if you see it in person, the greens are postage stamped tiny. The way it was playing that week was firm and fast. And to even keep the ball on the green was very impressive. Totally different than when you watch it for the Pro-Am for the, the exactly. tour guys. But watch, I watched a lot of Victor Hovland that week. I watched Cole Hammer uh, and then a bunch of the other top ends and, yeah, I mean, if I was on the range there just shanking a few or towing a couple while you got one of the now predominant ball strikers on tour next to me, I'd be shitting my pants. It was over before it started when he came over and warmed up next to me. 
probably saw there's nobody on the end of the range. I'll go warm up next to this kid. Yeah. They just just cross one off his list. <laughs> you guys got anything else for me? I think we did a good number here. Got a couple of good stories in. I got I got a good one. All right, let's hear it. First golfer at the club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this title, we've had this title going for a number of years now. It was Nate Sweeney. Great kid. Gotta love him. One time, me and Shoe, Mitchell. Shoe alum. We, yeah. Shoe we alum. The range. Or we just got our donks. We're like eating our bagel. We're not out of the car yet. And we're just kind of sitting parked looking at the range. And there's Sween. And I watch him hit a ball. I'm like, oh, my God. He's like a dead shank. So we start laughing. I'm like, Mitchell, we got to watch Sweeney for a little while now. So our bagel's done. We finished the bagel probably 10 minutes ago. We sit in the car, and we were watching him. And it would be duck, hook, duck, hook, shank, shank. He could not keep the golf ball on the face of the earth. So then we dubbed him the worst golfer at the club. But recently, there's a new worst golfer, Luke Sajan. Get on the range. <laughs> get on the range, and he'll kind of stripe it. Like, it has a pretty good swing. When he gets out there, though, oh, move. He's just the like landscaper of the course. Oh my god, yeah. Hey, I used to have that title for a while. I now yeah. have a I now have a trophy, so I'm gonna give a big <laughs> fuck you to Colby and Gil on this one. If Nate, <laughs> if I hope Sarge or Sweeney beats one of you two of these club champs and I am that, dubbing yeah. you the worst golfer in the club as quickly as possible as I can. <laughs> I should have that club champion now, dude. No, well that's that's the thing, so we had, we were like, Saj is horrible. So I was like, you know what? Like, Sween, Sween found out about it. We kind of joked. He's, he took it in good spirits. So then we started calling Saj the worst golfer. And then we're like, we got to put the two together. I think it was just me and them one day. I forget why, but it was me and them. And they're playing, they're hacking around the course. Probably bullshit, like high, mid, high 80s. And we get to the meadows and it's like close. I think Saj had the lead or something or something. I forget. Anyways, I remember they, they were close, and I think they tied 15 with three-putt doubles. <laughs> it, was, it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And anyways, Saj and, Saj and Sween are chirping. Sween's giving it to him. Saj is kind of nervous. You can tell. He was, I think I think Sween was down by one going into like the last few. And Sween just throws like two dots and birdies two out of the last three holes. Saj gets left in the dust. Saj was so mad. So to this day, he's the worst uh, golfer at the club. <laughs> That's just a good closing from the shoe alum there. That's just, you yeah. got to you gotta tame the nerves. You got to go out there and get the job done. That's what he did. Yeah, it was unbelievable. 18, he stuck it to like five feet and made it. I was like, jeez. Little bird on 18 to win? Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. But, I mean, I haven't birdied 18 probably since 2015, it feels like. I know. <laughs> So I just definitely defriended you after listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. if I'm doing a PSA on this, I would hate Mike Gillis for the rest of my life if my name is mentioned on there. Or I'd just go out and bet him a thousand bucks and kick his ass. One of the two. <laughs> oh. All right, boys. Thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure. I'm sure we'll be having more of these talks. Who knows? Maybe Mark can hook me up with the little Parsi Alley on the cast. We can talk some uh, 
some real accolades and achievements in USGA events instead of those <laughs> 14 over first rounds. Club champ is actually, I would rather play club champ over the Masters. What do, you, what do you think? Live stream from the club champ after? Maybe some post-round interviews from each of the boys? Yeah. Oh, that would be, That'd be electric. And now we have a second special edition intramural story of the week from one of our own. Um, and I will, without further ado, let Devin take the helm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about a lot of intramural stories. And last week we had Cal on talking about a big injury. And it made me realize how how are we on this show doing intramural stories? And I haven't brought up mine. It's, it's pretty hard to top. From my senior year, it, it kind of it affected my entire year in 2019, certainly my entire last semester of college at Bryant University. And it was intramural basketball. Uh, we had only played one game so far. This was going into the second game of the year. It was a Sunday night. It was a 10 o'clock game, as we talked about with Cal last week. Um, those games can be very late at night and everything. So, um, here, But here's the thing leading up to this. I had just gotten a new puppy, my puppy Willow, right? We got her that day. This was February 10th, 2019. I went home for this weekend. I don't usually go home on the weekends, but I wanted to see the dog when we got her. So I went home. I was playing with the dog all day. We got her Sunday morning and I was home all day. I was contemplating coming back to the game or just going back on Monday morning because I didn't ask till later. Um, but then the guys texted me from our intramural team. It's, it's four on four. Um, so we had four guys. So they were like, okay, like we need one sub. Like we need to be able to take a break. So I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll come back tonight. I'll play in the game. Uh, one of the worst decisions I made in a long time. Didn't know it at the time. <laughs> So I uh, drove back up at like seven o'clock, got to campus eight 30, um, go up, start getting ready for the game. And we go up there, we start the game. So it's a very, very competitive game. Um, I played the whole first half. I was playing very well. Um, I was really, I had been looking forward to this intramural season for a long time. And, uh, been, you know, as much as you can train for an intramural season, I had, been, <laughs> I was having, I was having a good game. I was feeling it. I think I had 10 or 12 points in the first half, which is pretty good for me. Yeah. And, uh, so I was feeling it going into the second half, right? It's like a tie game back and forth very early in the second half. I think a minute or two in, um, get a steal. I'm driving down the court. There's two guys on me. I'm not a very aggressive basketball player either, right? Normally I'm, I'm a pass first type of guy. If, you know, if we don't have the numbers, I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to make the smart play. I was feeling it. Exactly. Exactly. I I would like to think I can shoot a little bit better too. Shooting's, (laughs) but anyway, um, so, but I was feeling it this game, right? Cause I'm playing pretty well. Um, it's a, it's a competitive game. I'm playing against a couple guys I know too. So like, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fiery. And so I'm like, I'm feeling the adrenaline. It's two on one, me being the one. And I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm taking this to the hoop. I don't care. Uh, try to get, they were calling a lot of fouls. I'm like, at least I can try to get a foul. So I'm driving down the right side. I got one guy like kind of to my left, one guy riding me on the right. I jump stop, right? So I try to like cross over because both of them are kind of one guy's in front of me, one guy's to my right. So I wanted to come back to the left. I'm dribbling with my right. And I kind of do like a jump. I jumped in the air to do like a big crossover. And right when I came down, I mean, I fell straight on the floor. Like there was no chance. I landed on that right leg and I felt something. I didn't know what it was at the time, um, but I felt something rubbed together. And it was- a disgusting feeling. Oh, and Lord. I, I didn't know what it was. I've never had like, I broke my ankle when I was 
eight years old. I've never torn a ligament. I've never had a big, serious injury like that. So I didn't really know what it felt like. But I landed on my right leg. I fell down. I felt the, something rubbed together. And I just was laying there. And I was just like in shock. And then all of a sudden, the pain hit me. It was like excruciating pain. So, and to set the scene too, this is all just, there's no adults it's just all people our age is it a ref si- in the games a silent gym at that point is there it's, a silent silence? it's 10 o'clock on a sunday night and it's just a couple refs that are my age doing it for fun whatever and the people running the league they're doing the scoreboard they're all my age like there's no no emts there waiting or anything so yeah. i'm sitting there and the pain hits while i'm laying on the ground and i just i'm like screaming on the ground right i'm like I'm, I'm just absolutely screaming. And I look up and there's just a group of kids around me just staring at me. No one's saying anything like, uh, just in what do we do? And so they kind of pick me up, bring me over to the side. They go get me ice. That's really all we knew what to do. I prop my leg up on the chair and I watch the rest of the game. A bag of peas, toss it on they there. That's basically it. Get the meat wagon and they shuffle them <laughs> off and they kept it going. Yeah, isn't that what we... That's what we all want in, this, in sports is just grab the old stretcher meat wagon, ship them off to the sideline, roll them yeah, over, and exactly. we'll keep going. And that's basically what we did. We continue the rest of the game, and uh, it was pretty demo- – I mean, it took like 10, 15 minutes to like get me off the court and everything and like because we didn't – no one wanted to like touch my leg or anything, so it was pretty tough. But then we got off, and it was, like I said, a really close game. So I just sat there with ice, watched the rest of the game. After like 10, 15 minutes – I felt fine. Like it, it was really bad pain for a few minutes while I was laying on the ground. And then I felt okay. I'm like, okay, this is encouraging. Um, and then I watched the rest of the game. We ended up losing the game by a couple points. It was really close, which stunk because, you know, I felt like I could have made a difference if I was playing, but I was sitting there with ice on my knee. And uh, so at the end of the game, I'm kind of expecting like, okay, hopefully someone went and got like a trainer. I don't know if there's anyone around it. This is like, it's like 1030 on a Sunday night. So I'm like, there's probably no one around, but like, I just was like, I'm sure someone will do something, right? Someone will, someone will go get someone that knows a little bit about anything. Oh no, and- <laughs> it's the wild west. Intramurals are the wild west. You're on your own. We finished the game. Oh, I'm sitting there for five minutes, and then all my teammates had all gotten all their, there, all my roommates I played with, they had gotten all their stuff packed up, and then they're like about to walk out, and then they turn around and they're like, oh, Devin, they're like he's just sitting there. And I, so then they come over the guy that ran the intramural league and he was like, so, uh, do you need anything else from us? It's like, <laughs> I mean, I can't put any weight on my leg, but I, I guess, I guess not. I guess I'll just get carried back to my room. I don't know. So I tried to put a little, I really couldn't put like barely any weight on it. So yeah. the scene of me going back and like my roommates, God bless them. They took care of me that time. And they ended up having to take care of me for the rest of the semester. Unbelievable friends. But they had me on the shoulders, like basically carrying me out to the car. Um, luckily, it's a small campus, so it didn't take long to get down there. I live on the second floor, too. I had to go upstairs to get to my room. So that was that was brutal, too. No but... elevators. No elevator? No elevator. Well, it was a townhouse. Um, it no. wasn't like a dorm. Okay. So, okay. It, so it was just like a, it wasn't many stairs, but I still had to go upstairs. Um, so it was rough. But if we fast forward so you know what ends up happening, I had a torn age. I tore my ACL completely and my meniscus. I didn't think that it was that serious when it happened because after 10 to 15 minutes, it felt fine. So I was like, okay, probably a sprain. I knew I did something. Come to find out after talking to the doctor, this whole process took weeks too. I didn't find that out until like three weeks later, but the doctor ended up telling me what I felt rubbed. I said, I felt something like rubbing together when it happened. 
that was the two bones. <laughs> the uh, two, the bone from my upper leg uh, and my lower leg rubbed together when that, and I'm like, this all happened from an intramural basketball game. Oh this God. is a nine to 12 month recovery that's going to now happen throughout the rest of my senior year. I was in a brace, a straight legged brace for six weeks because normally with an ACL injury, you're in the brace after like two or three weeks, they start bending it a little bit. You can start moving, but I also tore my meniscus and with a meniscus tear. You're in a straight brace for six weeks. So that kind of slowed down my ACL recovery and everything too. Oh. So it made for a very rough 2019. I know everyone else is like 2020 is the worst year that we've ever seen. For me personally, 2019 was, was the worst. Cause I was just, I was in crutches most of the, most of my last semester I was luckily able to recover in time to like when I walked across the graduation stage, I, I had a little limp, but I, I wasn't like, it wasn't like noticeably like, you know, so I, I'm like, it's my college graduation and I'm going to limp across because of an intramural basketball injury. I just uh, want to point out the fact Devin just said 2019 was worse than 2020. For me I personally. Just, for the for viewers. No, 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 no. That's him, not what I, for, for me personally. <laughs> It goes, was a, oh, I couldn't coronavirus. That's the thing too, is I've always said like how much I thought I got screwed my last semester of college because I'm like, man, like all my friends are out. Like this was right before 10 days before my birthday to my like, so, yeah. and like my last semester and I'm like, man, I got screwed like that. How much worse could it possibly get for your last semester of college? And then the very next year, the very entire semester worse. gets canceled. I'm like, wow, I actually was pretty lucky. So I realized that now, but uh, it was a pr pretty funny scene. And the only other thing about that story was I didn't even go to the doctors or anything until the like 24 hours later i had a capstone presentation my first big one on monday at three o'clock i was planning now i am a major procrastinator i don't know how i graduated college i waited to do this huge first big capstone presentation until after my 10 o'clock sunday night game i was planning on starting it then waking up early whatever i only have one class before that i figure i'll get it done on monday then I tear my ACL at the game. So now I do nothing Sunday night and I'm like, you know what? Like, and looking back, I have no idea why I still did that presentation. I could have reached out and probably yeah. gotten it pushed back. I just, I hate like making excuses and everything like that. So I was like, I'll just, whatever. Like I'm, I have to go to urgent care tomorrow anyway. It's 11 o'clock at night. Might as well do the presentation. And then just my buddy was in my, was a, my buddy was in my class. He was going to drive me after it was my right leg. I couldn't drive. You didn't want to so, send that email to the professor stating that you might've torn everything in your knee and no. in, in an intramural loss at 10 PM no. that night. No, by I the, did not. By the way, I haven't real. started the project. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the fact that I hadn't started was what made me not want to tell him because then at that point it's like, okay, like you didn't start it till now. So I feel like I kind of put that on myself. But I did it for every project. Um, I still graduated. So anyway, yeah, I went and I did the presentation, but I couldn't. Oh, I went to health services. Didn't have crutches for me. All I wanted was all I wanted was crutches so that I because I really couldn't put any weight on it. I couldn't walk around campus and they didn't have crutches at health services. What? What? So how my I, friend, that, my, my roommate that was that, in that yeah. class with me put me around his shoulder. It was the most I hate attention on myself. It was so embarrassing walking around campus from my townhouse which you have to go like up hills to get up to the up to the unistructure where the classes were and i was like like limping like horribly around his shoulder and then i get to the class and i'm like grabbing every chair 
and like every desk around me, like trying not to fall down when I walked to the front of the class. And I looked at the professor. I was like, can I sit down? He was like, yeah, you should probably sit down. So I gave my presentation sitting down. I did very well on my presentation. I think I got some pity points. And then I went to urgent care. flu game. Yes. I went to urgent care after that at like five o'clock the next night. And then I found out a few, I got an MRI the next week, found out a few weeks later. So yeah, that's a, that, that's my intramural story. They had a couple of crutches for you at urgent care? At urgent care, they had, they saw me walk through the door at urgent care and it was a really good place. And now I'm not, I was in Smithfield, Rhode Island. I had to go to a place in Providence. I'm not from the area and I had no idea what I was supposed to do. So health services did lead me to the right place. Um, so they, they were great there at that urgent care place that I went to in Providence. But I walked in the door and walked up and she was like, like people were shocked that like, how does this kid not have crutches right now? I mean, I walked in there by myself. My friend dropped me off and I was like, again, no, couldn't put weight on it. I'm like literally hopping in there. Drew, it's that gif of Leonardo DiCaprio from the Wolf of Wall Street when he's crawling to the car. That's him going (laughs) through the emergency room doors. (laughs) That was me all of that Monday, like the whole entire day. And then they finally gave me crutches and I went in there. And so, so I got crutches from them. Finally. What a story. We'll end on a yeah. dark note. Uh, from... While I have you, while I have you, okay. let me just say one more thing. Curtis, you might remember what this is reminding me of in my driveway. Oh. Round one. Let oh me just tell my a quick God. story while we're here. I, we're I almost think Billy Foz needs to be here to tell this, but go <laughs> ahead. Should, should we table it? No, no, say it. We got to say it at this right. point. Well, Billy, Billy is probably listening, so we'll shout him out as well. Not even remotely as, as, as severe as yours, Devin, but let me just let me just kind of go off the cuff here. So I want to say it was middle of summer. We're playing a pretty pretty intense one-on-one game, me and Kurt. And when we – I feel like this cannot be understated. When we get going, it's like no – like anything anything you have to do to get to that rack and get that bucket, you'll do basically. Am yeah, I right? Absolutely. Like it's it's pretty ruthless. Like a couple talking, elbows here and there, yeah. a little blood. Like yep. it's pretty, it's it's not, it's pretty vicious. So, it's game point right now, and I'm on D, slapping the floor. I can hear the crowd going nuts. Paper? I I start digging in. I start digging in. Right. Keep in mind, there's a little, there's some gravel in front of my basketball hoop from my driveway. There's a little bit of sand, and I, like I'm not wearing these like sick ass Air Jordans. I'm wearing like these. I'm probably wearing friggin' flip flops. Well, Timberlands, Timberlands would probably be the right uh, footwear for that type of surface, anyways. Yeah, like a nice workman's boot, which I don't have. So I'm digging in. It's game point. I will do anything that I possibly can to not let this kid score. Because I know if he does, it's going to be a bad hour and a half of me just (laughs) getting emotionally demoralized. So he drives to the left. I open up. I go to block the shot and leave my feet. And when I land on my knee, I just feel it, like you said, Devin, just completely fold under me and give out. And I fall. And I know exactly what it is. For anybody who knows me, it's the old kneecap dislocation. <laughs> happens once in a blue moon every couple of years. It came back to haunt me. And I think you guys thought I was kidding at first because. I don't think we thought you situation. were kidding. We were just in an awkward like, well, we really don't know what to do here. <laughs> so, similar to Devin's. When it's, yeah. people, when it's people your age, they just kind of look at you like, eh. Well, and they um, didn't think that I was faking, but they certainly thought I was – they were like, okay, like let's chill with like the screaming on the ground. Like they yeah. thought that I was Drew being a little bit dramatic. Drew wasn't screaming. He was just uh, writhing in pain. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no noise. Just like, just right. So there's got to be a little bit from you, Kurt. That's like, okay, like, come on. Like, I'm sure it hurts, but like, let's go. And, exactly. and then, and then you find out that it's serious. You're like, oh, well. So here's the kicker, Devin. Here's the kicker. Curtis doesn't say a word, right? And I'm getting like picked up off the ground, whatever. No, I'm still on the ground. Sorry. Excuse me. I'm still on the ground. Billy Fosbury walks over me, over my body. Like I'm talking <laughs> to AI, the famous AI, AI, I believe over Similar to that. And as he's stepping over me, Devin, he goes, hey, the worst part about this situation, that bucket went in and you lost. As I'm laying on the ground, writhing in pain. That's what one of my very good friends had to say to me. That jumper. And that was, and that was smooth the smooth jumper. That <laughs> it, it's an all-time situation, and I will never, ever forget laying on that pavement in pain, just hearing Wait, Billy did, say that. So did Kurt cross you up? Is that how it happened? I think – I don't know if it was a cross-up. All I remember is he was driving to the left because I opened up to my right and kind of went up to block the shot and, like, left my feet. And when I landed on my right foot, it just, like – Sounds like you crossed him up. How, how I remember it, Dev? I don't remember a jump. I remember a little drive jab step and then just pull up, and it was a oh, tumble. God. It was a tumble backwards kind that of. That would have been a highlight. Like, that happens time. right yeah. now during this quarantine. I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, you literally dislocated this kid's knee. Yep. <laughs> that was. I'd rather not think of it that way, but what a story. One for the record books. That's the last game of basketball we've ever played in that driveway, I think. Yeah. Competitively yeah, versus each other. So. And a lot of people have said, too, because mine happened in a real game, like, oh, like, so you must not want to go back and play pickup basketball. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm ready to make my comeback. I'm playing Cherry League in the fall, and I'm ready to make a make a mean comeback like Derrick I Rose. It. I love <laughs> it. You should release, like, a Players' Tribune <laughs> or something. And just, I like, should. And funny – yeah. After the I first intramural should. win, uh, here's Devin Murray's journey back. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> I'm would be crying. All time. And shout out to my my roommate Chris Rimels gave me he had an like he had it just in the back of his closet he went and found it Derek Rose T shirt I have a, the picture of me oh right God. after my surgery is in it he said you gotta wear this during your surgery so I went in for surgery and like you have to put on the gown and everything but I like went into the hospital for my surgery in Providence Derek Rose shirt on I had it on afterwards it's oh unbelievable. my gosh <laughs> that is all time the planning that went into that and the execution yeah amazing oh yeah oh yeah. Uh- all right. Thanks, fellas. That's going to wrap up episode four, the golf guys, double feature of the intramural stories here. Hope you stuck around. Pat Goss, play us out. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group.